Welcome to the Chris Podcast, talking all things founder, investor, raising capital, and closing deals. For July 19th, 2019, we speak with Steve Torso on how to get ready with crisp.io. Okay. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Torso here. I'm the founder and managing director of Wholesale Investor. And obviously, uh, one of the products from Wholesale Investor is Crisp. And you know, one of the things that I want to talk to talk to everyone about today is really how to get actually get the most out of it. So, firstly, before you know, and there's a few points I'm going to be going through um, as part of this. One is going to be sort of some of the key principles behind Chris. Second one is going to be some of the, some of our key tips for actually raising money, and then the last one is going to be really around the process. So, my objective, and you know, I, I suppose one of the challenges is I know that you're a busy founder. I know the frustrations that you have every single day. I know that when you wake up each day, you're wondering how many different fires may need to be put out in a, a lot, you know, d- during the course of the day. So my objective though, and even though th- this is going to go for sort of between sort of 20 to 30 minutes, the objective for me is how I can provide this content over the next sort of over this next period that can add, actually add value to your business for the next few years. And that's where my head's really at with this content. So the first one is, uh, I suppose I really want to, to go back through and understand why we actually build the platform because it really sets a, a, a framework uh, to, to how it can be used and how it can, you know, and, and what is the possibility of sort of working with both potential investors and also working with your advisors. And so the first part is obviously, you know, going through the first slide is why Chris really, I noticed there's a massively fragmented ecosystem. Everyone's trying to do their own thing. And we thought, how can we provide a platform which actually brings the ecosystem together? We know that when people go through the cap raising process, there's a lot of redundant time. There's just literally hours and hours, weeks, you know, days and weeks of wasted time in the process, either answering the same questions, either you know, admin processes, trying to find information, etc. It's just such a frustrating process. And you're typically using multiple applications in, in the journey. And we know that most people are trying to manage their capital raise via spreadsheet and email. And you know, some you know, the, the more sophisticated may use a CRM, and the more sophisticated may use some sort of service like either Dropbox or DocSend or uh, Google Drive. But said it still, it just doesn't provide that end-to-end solution for raising money. So, you know, that's where our head's really at. And the the final two parts I think is really the most important is that we know that founders hate administration. And you know, if you don't think that's accurate, then just understand why zero is so successful. Um, the next one is we know that often when there's too many people involved in the process, things can actually get uh, complicated. But more than that, there's typically no accountability. You know, and I've recently worked with a client of mine where they've spent you know, a six-figure amount on advisors. And in that time, you know, they, they haven't actually spoken to any, you know, they haven't seen any spoken to any investors in that process and you know one of the challenges is for most companies is when they are working with advisory firms or external parties they don't often get to see who the investors are what they're doing what interest they've got in the capital raise or any aspect like that so that's part of what our thinking is is in doing this and most importantly as i said we just want a solution where there's no success fees attached to you raising money we just want you to raise money and effectively, CRISP is just utility that you can build, you know, build your capital raising process on, but also just build efficiency. So going back to the key principles behind CRISP, the first one is get ready, right? And we'll go through that in a second. Stay ready is a second important one. Always be raising. We've brought this up more and more. Um, I know I've done LinkedIn posts about it. I know there's been more articles written about it over in the UK. But it's one of the interesting things is that 
you know, it seems to be a model which is becoming more and more popular where, you know, the the the, the rolling close or the, the, the continuous cap raising is becoming more popular because when you when you typically do a capital raise and it's got a defined deadline, it just takes so much energy out of you. You know, you're trying to build your business by daytime, and then also at nighttime, you're you're basically managing your capital raise. And every sophisticated investor, every VC, every corporate venture groups knows that when they invest into a company, typically the first thing they're looking at is a performance where the revenue's been impacted or there's been staff changes or there's been all sorts of different things happen in the business because it genuinely takes that much out of the founder. And so what we're sort of advocating is that continuous raise and the the rolling close. So basically, as long as the business is well capitalized, they're effectively still, you know, they're, they're not putting that massive pressure on themselves to get across the line and burning themselves out often in the process. The next one is... Um, get to a yes or no as fast as possible. This is so important. You know, often uh, as founders, we can be dragged along by investors for a long time, not knowing whether or not they're in or out. And whilst it's never nice to get a no, the reality is if you're going to be speaking to 100 people, 97 and 98 98 of those are going to be saying no to you. Maybe 95 if you do a really good pitch. But the reality is you're going to be hearing a lot of no's. So you as a founder, you want to get to a faster yes or no as possible and that's why the get ready part is really important. So these four key elements, I think, are really powerful when you're going through the capital raising process. Now, as, as far as from seven tips that we want to provide to, to companies as, you, as you're going through this process, um, I've mentioned the first three and I've mentioned a, a fourth one there as far as get to a fast yes or no. The next one is really, the next ones are sort of more around what sort of mistakes to avoid in the process. And these are all mistakes that I've made. Like as I go through this content, this is not me saying I'm so fantastic at raising money, follow what I do. This is, I'm more from the position, these are all the mistakes I've made. Fortunately, I've still been able to raise money for my business. I don't want you to make them as well. So the first one is is reliance on one potential investor, right? It's really important that a, a company do not put their eggs, you know, all their eggs in one basket because, you know, I've seen companies where they come to us, they look to utilize our service and they say, oh, look, we've got this one potential investor interested. And the investor always says the same thing. Said, look, if we like what we see, we're, we're keen to move, we've got a fast process and, you know, and we like what you're doing, et cetera. So from your perspective, you think it's going to be a quick process, but often this ends up dragging on for sort of three to six months. And it's far longer than what you expect, especially if it's a a corporate investor uh, or a venture investor. Um, Number two, relying on your existing networks. While existing investors often have helped you to get to where you are to date, just relying on them can often be difficult because if they stop participating in your round, then all of a sudden, you know, you may be struggling to, to raise money because you haven't prepared for it. You haven't been going out and doing the work to find potential new investors, right? So you could be launching around and find that at the same time, you also need to be going to look for investors as well. And when we've always worked with people, we're always encouraging to continuously building the interest in their capital raise well before they actually launch their offer. Uh, number three is waiting till you're 100% ready with documentations, which is surprising, right? Because my tips are get ready and stay ready. But the reality is you're not a perfect company. You know, if, if private company investors were looking to invest into the perfect company, they're investing, you know, they're investing in some of the top blue chip ASX listed companies, not into private companies, right? So my, my point for this is, is that often people wait to absolutely everything's ready before they actually go and start trying to generate interest from investors. 
the best way for you is to start building that interest and momentum before you even launch your offer. And the reality is you can actually get a lot of great information from potential investors. For me, um, during my just recent capital raise process, I learned the most in my sounding out process. So what I did is I spent quite a few months speaking to potential investors, going through our business model, going through what we're doing, going through our thoughts and getting their feedback. I learned more in that process than what I've learned through anything else that I've done and I said in getting that feedback. So it's, you know, for you, it's really helpful in that. Don't wait till absolutely everything's ready before you start this process. Start the feeling out process early, start the interest building early and also start generating momentum early. And the last one is, is success fees don't, doesn't equal results. So often you have a lot of companies where they think, well, I'm going to be dealing with this advisor, I'm going to be dealing with this platform, and you know they work on success fees. And because they work on success fees, they must, be, they must have big interest in seeing me succeed. The challenge with that philosophy is that we know a lot of these advisors and you know some of these advisors, whilst they're working on success fees, is great. Some of them are fantastic, right? The challenge is they're also maybe working on five, six, 10, 15 other companies in that same model. And I know, you know, if you think about it logically as a business person, you will work the hardest on your clients that are actually paying you, right? So, so companies that are just relying on people that are working for them on a success fee only basis often end up being let down uh, in the journey because they think the people are working on the deal, but the reality is that they're not. And then sometimes you also have the issue where multiple investors see the deal from all sorts of different parties. So they're thinking, what on earth is going on? Right, so these are some of the factors that we, we like to sort of highlight to people uh, as far as issues in the process. Now, the crisp setup, okay, so going through the setup, I said I wanna keep this moving as fast as possible and in future, in future content, I'll break down into a lot more detail on each different area. But okay, so the question is, is and you know, for you, I know how busy you are and as I said, I know the pressure that you're under. So when we thought about Chris, we thought we want you to set up in under five minutes and the reality is, you know, Pat, our product manager, he, he is able to set up, a, set up a deal room in just under three minutes and that was ideal for us. So what, you know, the, the question for you is what things do you need to have in your deal room as a starting point? So when I set up the, the wholesale investor one, I effectively set up three main rooms. Now you don't need to do this, but this is what I did for me. Now I'll go through my stats sort of at the end so you can get a bit of an understanding uh, as far as what, you know, what we experienced with our own raise. So the first, in the first room, this was my most simplified room and this was the room that I shared with 90% of the people that generate, that, that were interested in the deal. So what I included in that first room was effectively, it was the pitch deck folder, right? And in that I included our, our presentation deck I included the, 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 our teaser flyer, our, our term sheet effectively, which basically had highlights of the deal and the turns on, on the deal. And then I included a corporate, then I included a, a brochure effectively on CRISP and on WI. And the reason for that is basically the pitch deck had a lot of high level, had a lot of information in it. Uh, it had, it sort of broke down the details of who our shareholders were. It broke down the details of our, you know, our financials to date and our projections, right? Now the financials, you just kept at a high level. You're not obviously talking about detailed financials in a pitch deck. Um, and then it obviously explained the direction, the milestones we're looking to achieve over the period. So, you know, that's all I put in the first room. So when you're actually setting up your room, you've got the choice of whether 
whether you make it visible to the investor marketplace, right? I know a lot of people want to because they obviously want more people discovering it. I know some people don't, which is fantastic. Some people just want to share their deal amongst their rooms and that's really up to them, right? But all I'm saying to you is to set up your room and to, to be ready to actually start speaking with investors or actually have investors invest into your business. Most, thing, most importantly, just keep in your pitch deck as a starting point, your term sheet, right? So it's easy for them to find. Um, and then the other part is you may want to have some sort of corporate profile, okay? So that's really all you need to do from a basic setup. Now, if you, now once you've actually got that set up, one of the best things I did for myself and it's purposely set up that we've got an FAQ management platform uh, or setup system in there is set up your frequently asked questions because I can assure you this was the most time-saving thing that I have ever done when it comes to raising money because when you raise money, you spend hours, I said days, weeks, etc., answering the exact same question over and over again. If you're going to be having 50 to 100 conversations about your capital raise, just think about this. You're going to be spending out of that time if you don't do this you're gonna be spending that time answering at least 20 to 30 minutes of the exact same questions over and over and over again. So my suggestion to you is, and this is important, basically what you do is you, you take the questions that you know already, and then I would suggest that if you've got some mentors or board members or people that are close, or investors that you're close with, that you've got a bit of relationship with, get them to have a look at your FAQs and get their feedback, right? And what I found when I did this for me is they added so much value to the questions that I was asking that, you know, I said it made a massive, it had a fantastic impact in the capital raise and especially with the more strategic investors um, that I was dealing with. So take the time to actually set that up. This will take more than five minutes to set it up. But what the fastest way to do is just list all the questions and then one night just go and answer every single one of them. I said, and then get fee and then, as you're dealing with different people, get some people you can sound off and get their feedback and just continuously update, okay? The next step um, is really, once you've actually got that set up, the next part is to actually start inviting investors to your deal room. So my, my first suggestion to you is to invite your board. So once you invite your board to your, to your deal room, get them to have a look at what you've actually done, okay? Get them to check out your FAQs and to provide, provide input. Okay, so just though, basically, so firstly that they're aware, and secondly, often I've found that with companies, often their, their board members can actually refer them potential investors into their deal room, right? But if they don't, said they'll obviously know that you're raising money, but if they don't know that, you know, if you're not, if you, if they haven't, don't have you in forefront of mind, they won't be thinking about seeing you potential investors. The second one, which also most people don't think, is, is invite your existing investors. Invite your existing investors to view your Chris deal room so they can actually see your updates, so they can actually see your progress, they can see your pitch deck, they can see your FAQs, etc. Because even though they're already shareholders, so you you know, if you haven't been disciplined in communicating with them, they may not be aware as far as what you're up to. Um, you know, new potential shareholders may have more information about what's going on with your business than what your existing shareholders do. So make sure you invite your existing shareholders to it because they are also potential investors uh, into your next round. Now, obviously, potential investors is another one. And, you know, as part of our service, we'll provide you with a template that you can use uh, for, for, for this, for existing investors, for board, for potential investors, et cetera, just so it makes your life easier. Um, the other one is service providers. Now, people are surprised when I mention this, but it, 
what people forget is this space, before it becomes so popular, is this space was often driven by corporate advisors, uh, accountants, and lawyers, because they were the only ones that actually had, you know, personal networks. Now, obviously, there's more platforms, there's more, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot more trade shows, there's more demo days, there's all sorts of different things that people do that can generate interest in investors. But interestingly enough, service providers still play a massive role. They still have their networks, they still have people that actively invest into companies. And I know it's proven valuable for me, right? So service providers is the other one. And the best way to do it is just share the room and just use that URL. Make it really simple for them to come and view. Because what you want to be doing is you want to be building an understanding of who's really interested in your business and who's following you. And as we go down the track, um, we'll talk to you about some of the uh, some of the functionality that's coming soon. The, the ability to communicate directly to all your investors will be coming. And the reason why that's important is once again, when you know how much activity and how much engagement there is, is with your announcement, with your uh, docs, and also with your with your actual FAQs, it starts to change the profile of, or starts to change your perspective on who is most interested in your capital raise. Okay, so the next one, discovering and attracting investors. Okay, so there's obviously lots of different lots of different ways to do this. Um, if you're part of an incubator or accelerator, they obviously have their own different demo days. Every industry typically has different trade shows, right? So we always highly recommend companies participating in their industry-related trade shows. Um, the Crisp Investor Marketplace is obviously one place and we're continuously driving more and more traffic to that. Um, Wholesale Investor is obviously a vehicle uh, for discovering and attracting investors, um, which I won't go into too much on this one, but I'll sort of talk about in another in, in, in another um, session that we're doing. The other one is really just your own sharing through your own networks. As I said, when you're going through this process of gathering more and more uh, interest, said you will get more and more referrals. I found that I've received investors from referrals from people that have actually said no to the business, right? Because it didn't suit them, but it suited somebody in their network, right? So, and also the sharing of it. Now, whilst that mail sounds strange, if you said the mentioning of a company um, being in cap raising mode, so for example, you can have on your website, there's nothing to stop you having an investor relations tab highlighting that you're seeking to get at that you're, you're seeking um, access to sophisticated investors for your Series A or Series B or whatever it may be. And once again, we can supply text for that. You know, it's really the more visibility you have for your cap raise, the more chances you have of attracting relevant parties to your opportunity. And that is super powerful because you don't, you know, we're, the game we're playing in is we're always going for the one conversation that can change the entire trajectory of your business, right? And you've always got to have this in mind. So said so in future in future sessions, do it, we'll go, we'll be digging into this a little bit deeper, but just at a high level, the crisp investor marketplace, you know, if you're part of an incubator accelerator, you've always got different demo days. Your industry will have typical um, trade events or functions that are relevant to you. Go to them. Go to all of them. Speak to everyone. So when you're in cap raising mode, you absolutely need to speak to as many people as possible um, because what people don't realize is that to get one investor, you need to be speaking to at least 10 to 40 to get that one, right? Uh, next one, the, in the investor activity tracking. So when you're after you've got somebody interested in your capital raise and they've gone on to look at your deal room, this is the most 
addictive part that you will ever find as part of crisp is watching this activity especially if you've got a lot of people in the room at the same time like i know for us straight from the bat i think we had something like anywhere between sort of 30 to 40 people in the room like within like four five weeks something like that in the end we had about 60 people no sorry we had 79 people in the room but 60 of them relevant to the capital raise and it is such an addictive thing seeing what they're doing in the room and actually tracking what their activity is. And what's relevant for you is sometimes I found that people wouldn't respond to me on emails, but yet they were looking at my information, right? And even one of the investors that come on board, I noticed that they spent so much time going back and I'd, I would know when they would do it. I'd see it at nighttime that they would go, you know, typically between sort of eight to 10 o'clock, this one investor kept on going into our deal room, checking it out. And they ended up becoming an investor, but I found it interesting the specific timing that they would be going and looking at a deal. I've seen others that we're having conversation with that have been in our deal room on eight different occasions looking at our looking at our opportunity. So all this is helpful for you to get more and more understanding about said the interest level of your investor. Use this information to assist you. And then the other part is during the capital raising, what happens is, is sometimes you're going to have to you're going to have to be doing activities which keeps on driving them back. So you know, for me, I've been giving updates on our activity. I've done uh, webinars on what's actually happening with the business. You know, I've just been providing content to that network so that I can keep basically in their forefront of mind. I know that our investors are typically speaking anywhere between fifty to thirty companies a week uh, a month. Sorry. They're looking at 50, 15 to 30 opportunities a month. So I'm always conscious of that. Okay, so this will be of most interest to you. Here's our capital raising stats to give you a bit of an idea. So as far as registrations of interest, we had uh, 160 investors or 160 people register interest. From that, and now this one, this one I didn't... I didn't get the exact details, but we had pro approximately about 70 different phone discussions. So really interesting, even though people register interest, some people never didn't want to speak to me. Um, some people didn't even reply, didn't reply to my email, um, which is said, all this is completely normal and completely cool. You know, I said, the reason I'm highlighting this is because when companies experience it for the first time, they think it's them and then they take it personally. This is what every person experiences when they're raising money. So if raising money was easy, I said, yeah, you wouldn't need the kind of you wouldn't need the the kind of effort that goes into actually doing it. I said we had about seventy phone discussions, and altogether we had seventy nine people in the deal room, but sixty of them were you know related to the actual investment opportunity. From that, we received six share applications. Interestingly enough, four share applications were done via the platform, and then two were done offline, which I thought was really interesting, considering that's really what the the, the investment was for. But that's okay. Um, and then the other one is is that we've still got conversations going with three to four different strategic investment groups. Um, the last stat, which was interesting for me, is fifty percent of our uh, of the applications we received were actually international investors which I also find interesting. So, you know, that, that's my high level stats. Now, the reason I highlight that is because, firstly, I don't want you to be offended or upset if people don't reply to you. I don't want you to be offended or upset when people say no to your offer. You know, you will get rejection in this process. People aren't gonna like your valuation. People aren't gonna like your business model. People aren't gonna like your team. People aren't gonna like your strategy going forward. Um, people aren't going to like, you know, some aspects of the way you're thinking. It's so hard to control all those different things. 
But it really, no difference to anything else in whether it be marketing or whether it be uh, business development. It's really an, a numbers game, and you've got to have as many conversations as possible. Um, you know, so I hope that said, I hope that sort of provides a bit of insight for you. Um, features coming, I said, I know I'm trying to keep this as brief as possible. Uh, features coming will be the Investor Hub will be launched soon. Um, we will be providing facilities. Um, sorry, with that Investor Hub, there will be profiles of investors and companies, and you know this will help you sort of understand a bit more of a history of the users. Um, there will be multiple company management, so this is more helpful for advisors, accelerators, hubs, etc. Auto-complete forms for NDAs, documents, um, and also uh, we're looking at potentially shareholders agreements as well. Um, and also we'll be, we're currently lining up a bunch of partners uh, for CRISP so that we can have a, you know, so we can have a range of different sort of perks and, uh, you know, sort of, I suppose, opportunities for our, for our ecosystem. Um, another thing that we, is really important for me is the, the uh, alerts or notifications for, for new information. So people, so, so for example, I've obviously, if I'm emailing you know, the, the 60, 60 main people in my deal room one by one, that's obviously time consuming. So what we want, what we, the next, one of the next features is my ability to communicate with them directly via the, via the platform. Um, as far as keeping them updated or, you know, giving them access to my next round or whatever it may be. Okay. And then also um, we're, we're looking at areas around offline transaction tracking as well. So, so I hope that's all, I hope that's all helpful. And uh, amazingly, I've, so to date, I've stuck within the, the 30 minute time frame. So now sort of off the presentation, just to finish this, I'm just going to go back to, you know, how you get, you know, the, the, the topic, which is how you actually get the most out of Chris. Now, there's a bunch of frequently asked questions, which, you know, I said we will be going, you know, I said I've gone through in another presentation. Um, how you get the most out of this platform is really you, it's partially it's out of our networks and I know you're going to be doing promotion for that, right? Where it is, where you will get the most out of it is that you've got to be consistently and actively thinking of ways to drive potential investors to your deal room. The more investors in the deal room, the more opportunity you have for, for either potential investment, strategic investment, or just general potential opportunities in, in, in general. So, so for me, when, when you're looking at the platform, this is not just about, okay, stick it up and then let's see magic happen. This is a proactive way. This is my suggestion. The more proactive you are, the more you will get out of the platform. I said, for me, I've been fortunate enough that I use it myself. Obviously, we we're fortunate enough to have a lot of interest in the WI Capital Raise, right? But I just know that for every single one of you, I said, I know how hard this process is and I know how hard you're going to have to work at it. I said, but do it, be diligent. Be diligent about making sure that every single week, week in, week out, that you are looking for ways to consistently drive potential investors to your deal room. Because what you've got to do is you've got to manufacture momentum. There's two things. You've got to create momentum. You've got to manufacture serendipity, right? And then also you've got to create pressure in your actual capital raise. So the more, the more pressure you have, the more people you actually have in the pot, then the easier it is for you to actually bring it across the line. And the fundamental truth we're dealing with investors is no one wants to be the first in and no one wants to miss out, right? So this is where your strategy around raising money has to be, you know, has to be executed correctly. Build that interest beforehand, get that interest into your platform, have that interest ready before you raise, keep that interest updated and consistently, consistently, consistently and diligently be inviting people to your to your room.
So I hope that session was helpful. We're going to be finishing on that and uh, look forward to speaking with you all soon. Source the latest deals. Access a network of 24,200 high net worth investors and professional investment groups and raise capital today with CRISP at crisp.io.